0: Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup from Red Bull Racing Australia. I'm Dave Reynolds. Hi, I'm James Moffat. Hi, I'm Chas Mostert, and you're listening. It to is, look, it's Inside great. It's Supergirl. a fun track. Um, I was conceived on the bulb, so um, <laughs> <laughs> be, been here before. You know, I wouldn't say it's the number one target on our radar. We're all about winning races and trying to win a championship at the moment. But but we, you know, Kim and I chip away at it. But right now, we have nothing.
1: Sometimes they're not. dickheads you could say it's just as they're just <laughs> there's good racing, and I enjoy it. Yeah.
0: From the racetracks across Australia and around the world, here's Inside Supercars.
2: This week on Inside Supercars, we hear from Charlie Swarcold, David Reynolds and Lee Halsworth. But first, a special report. The supercar rules on pit stops come under question following an incident that potentially cost Team 18 a podium on Saturday at Winton. Lee Halsworth came into the pits in contention for a podium. However, a three-second delay changing the right-side tyres on his car put the fledgling one-car team out of contention. Holsworth spoke to Inside Supercars on Saturday night about sharing a pit boom with another team and the ongoing
1: battle Team 18 is experiencing. Well, it's, it's obviously very hard with um, with their team being up in Albury. It's very hard for um, for us to practice with them. So the only time, the only opportunity we get... To, to practice is at the race meeting, so um, we do as much as we can here. Um, uh, you know, our the crew on our uh, on our side are um, are putting in a massive effort to make sure that they're no slower than anyone else down pit lane, um, and uh, and they've done a fantastic job with that. So, um, yeah, uh, hopefully we can we can sort out the the other side and. Um, I mean, we've we've made some changes over the last couple of rounds, and and we have seen some gains. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see where that leads. But um, that, that's something that we're doing a lot of work with.
2: Holsworth spoke about the difficulties that the rules about how many people are allowed to work on the car on the race weekend affects the single car teams.
1: Unfortunately, uh, there's only so many people you can have in on one car. So. Or, or in our case um, in our team we've got you know we don't have enough people for a maybe for the Saturday races we could gather a crew that um, when you don't have to do the fueling and everything you have enough enough people to do the stop by yourselves but um, when it comes to Sunday races or the enduros when fuel is involved um, you uh, that's when you need more people and unfortunately we don't have enough so that, that's when the sharing uh, becomes a factor and Um, But, you know, you're trying to uh, create some continuity as well. So, um, yeah, I'm sure there's some some pretty fresh guys in there uh, on on Blanchard's car, working on his car. Um, So it's probably more a matter of, um, you know, getting them trained up to the level that need to be. In a series that has a
2: difference between first to last of under one and a half seconds per lap a team that's having three to four seconds to wait on pit lane is at a distinct disadvantage.
1: Yeah we're looking for hundreds of a second thousands of a second um, and when you lose three seconds you know to a pit stop or you know five seconds um, you're not going to get that back so uh, yeah you fight as hard as you can on the track but the the category too competitive to be able to make that back up. So, um, you yeah, know, I'd rather be gaining spots in pit stops than, than losing them. So that's the level we need to get to.
2: Dr. Jeff Slater is the chief engineer of Will Davison's techno autosport entry, and he has had plenty of experience of being a single car team sharing pit crews. He said that communication
3: is the key. Obviously communication issues because you are two different teams, but you try to overcome that as best you can. A lot of the pre-event planning and... Uh, a lot of practice when you get to the event to try and uh, get the synergy working the way it should. Slater told Inside Supercars
2: about when Techno was collaborating with a Victorian team.
3: I mean, years ago we teamed with Brad Jones and our guys would practice by themselves and their guys would practice by themselves. Uh, it does require a bit more focus when you do get to the track to try and bring it together because you obviously don't spend uh, away from the track practicing. But, uh, I mean, it's doable. It's just it's, it's harder. It is harder.
2: Techno is now helping to service the Caltex car of Craig Lowndes and Slater says that the team is
3: mindful of their important role. You know, When Craig does well, we are not Triple Eight, we are Techno, but for our boys they have worked on that car so they feel a little bit of pride in it. Uh, Ultimately we want Will to finish in front of Craig and the two Red Bull cars, but for the boys themselves they are part of the pit stop crew so they effectively uh, are working as that crew.
2: Does Slater feel that it would be appropriate for single-car teams or even the third car of a three-car team who want to service their own cars by
3: themselves be allowed to? Uh, well, manpower is probably the biggest issue. Being limited to seven or eight guys per car it definitely is a limiting factor. And I mean, financially, it's going to just hurt the sport if we go down that route. So um, no, I don't see that as being a promising aspect. David
2: Reynolds knows all too well about sharing a pit boom with another team and how it can affect your chances of success.
4: When I first joined FPR, we shared a boom with uh, the Lucky Seven team. So back then, that was the SBR, it was a Tim Slade car. So when when I came in to get service and get my tires and fuel, half one side was our own crew, FPR, and the other side was you know the Stone Brothers guys. So they would never practiced together. They only practice together at the racetrack, which is, and then they get a few changes in. So, you know, they are, they are prone to make more mistakes and not understand, you know, if you have to make a change in the pit stop, generally we can't do it because the other guys don't know the car, so.
2: Reynolds said that it affected his results during his years with FPR.
4: All the time I was throwing away podiums and stuff because, you know, the pit stops were shit. And the critics were
2: commenting on David's lack of success in those years, but never acknowledged that he was being affected by problems occurring on pit lane.
4: There's not much I can do. It's a team sport at the end of the day. As we saw this weekend, Slade wins two races in a row, never won a race before. You know, It, it shows that every driver down pit lane, it, we're all very, very good drivers. We're all the top of our game. It just comes down to the guys and the teams who can engineer the car in a certain way and get the most out of it. That's all it is, and that's all I've been telling anyone it is, and I'll continue to believe that.
2: Charlie Swercolt, the owner of Team 18, has told Inside Supercars that following the events of Race 10, he spoke to Supercars to start the process of getting some changes to the rules to allow Team 18 to have control of their pit stops.
5: We've already spoken tonight. We've already spoken, obviously. Um, you know, I think we had the slowest pit stop in pit lane again, and uh, um, so we've already spoken, and uh, we're looking at, Changing a few things for sure. We we have to you know, I've spent invested millions of dollars in this whole outfit to get to get it where I need to be and, and if you're not in control of that final piece and you know you're up at the front and all that and then bang here's another pit stop. So so we've already, we've had some good meetings tonight. So there could be some changes in the wind. Possibly. Yeah.
2: Sperkolt says that a team cannot afford to allow problems with their shared pit stop crews, particularly in the cutthroat commercial business like supercars.
5: You've got to be competitive and, and, you know, it's no good. It's no good for anybody. It's no good for all my partners or anyone on the car to be let down this way. So we've got to fix this urgently. And uh, and look, BJR would uh, know that as well.
2: Inside Supercar spoke to Matt Braid from Supercars on Sunday following the discussion with Swerkholt on the issues of teams sharing crew members and Braid was adamant that they would not be looking at any changes.
0: No, I think our regulations are what they are and it's in, it's in the interest of every team to work within those. I think majority are. Um, but the, if there's inequalities, it's usually down to the, the decisions of the teams themselves rather than necessarily the, the, the rules and regulations.
2: And he does not believe that the rule needs to be changed.
0: Oh, I don't think so. It's been operated in that format for a while however it's more a uh, grid and, and uh, pit allocation from a safety and pit lane point of view so it's something we should maybe look at in the future but at this stage they won't be changed.
2: With the endurance races looming pit lane rules could become a battleground for team owners who believe they have a car that could be in contention for the victory but are being affected by factors outside their own control. After the break, you'll hear the full interview with Lee Holdsworth and later on, David Reynolds and Charlie Swerkold.
0: I hope you'll stay with us here on Inside Supercars. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page.
4: Hi, I'm Fabian Colthug, and you're listening to Inside Supercars.
0: Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world –
4: yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. you know. Through the years, a lot of reference this race as one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we were able to beat the two-level the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Bigley in the final, which so we were able to do Take um, take the win off him. So, it was, uh, yeah, it was a
2: great weekend for the uh, representative family.
0: Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Fabian Colthard, and you're listening to
2: Inside Supercars. First up to Lee Halsworth and... As I mentioned, after a good result on race ten at Winton, we caught up with the driver of the Team Eighteen, Preston Hire Commodore, Willie Holsworth. About a third of the way through the season here in 2016, where do you see the team at, and where do you see yourself at, as far as how you're performing?
1: Um, look, it's, it was obviously always going to be a very hard start to the season. So from where we came. From at the start to where we are now, we've we've uh, you know improved second to none in the field. You know we the team's done an amazing job to um, move forward and be a top ten contender. Um, that was all our always our aim this year. And you know obviously, obviously Winton is our home track, and um, we came here with big expectations. Uh, we, we got our top ten result today, but it's um, we 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 probably have higher expectations of um, of where we should have or could have finished. So. Um, I, I think as a team we're punching above our weight. Really, you know, we're, we're a uh, privateer team um, and, and beating you know some of the factory teams. So I think at this stage I'm very proud of where the team's at, and um, and I really feel very confident in myself at the moment and um, and the job that I'm doing. Um, you know, having the level of support behind me from the team is is huge and. Um, it makes you get the best out of yourself. So, uh, yeah, I- I'm pleased with where I'm at and, um, and pl- pleased with the team's progress. But obviously, you know, um, <clears throat> top ten's not good enough. Um, you know, the next step is top five and then obviously look at the podium and, you know, race wins after that.
2: We're quite late here on a Saturday evening and you've seen the family off and you're back at the trailer. Is this the most hands-on you've been since probably in your early years with Gary?
1: Yeah, Absolutely you know with a small team like this you really need to be um you know guiding it in the direction you want it to go um you know obviously this car is uh developed around me and this this um this team is is surrounded around me um the focus is you know to get my car quicker to get me quicker and um so so i've got to put in the hours and um but i i really enjoy the challenge so um yeah, it's, it's not a chore for me.
2: Does it give you a different appreciation of what the racing business is? Because you are working m- much higher levels than what you would be just as a driver. Um, I- in the business, I mean.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's certainly uh, there's a bigger role to play than just the driver in a small team like this um, in the early stages um, of, of development. So... Um, but I've always been a, a hands-on driver um, I've always uh, been very involved in, in the teams I've been with to steer it in the direction that I want it to go and, um, and make the people in there work as well as they can for me So, um, but this is just a, another step on top of that so um, there's, there's a bit of a management role um, there as well which is, uh, you know, it's, it's probably not a... Um, your typical driver uh, role um, so but yeah the, again that's it's something that I enjoy doing anyway I
2: guess uh, it also is a bit of cheerleading too
1: yeah you got to uh, you got to keep the team pumped up and and um, you know they feed from your energy and um, and, and your mood so um, you know the teams I've been with um, you know, been through some some tough times some good times and um you know when you're going through those tough times that everyone suffers with you so this is no different and um probably even more so
2: when you look at the the group and the mix you've you've pulled together because you did you know you did it in such a short period of time and i guess that's the the critical factor here is was in what less than two weeks before the end of one season and a brand new team on the grid by the start of the next and there's not a big break at the best of time.
1: No, no, it was a, a massive task, you know, massive um, massive risk uh, for for myself for, obviously for Charlie massive, massive risk um, but but we felt that uh, you know, Charlie and I made this decision together and um, we've got the right the, the people on board that we needed um, so we knew, you know the people is the main uh, the main thing. We we've got a, a great um, we've got a great equipment to work with, and we've got a good support base up there at Triple Eight. Um, so um, it was a matter of getting things to gel. So as as much as it was a risk, we knew it was a you know it was a calculated risk. And um, uh, uh, but where we were, where we were at, Charlie and I, um, something had to happen. So um, yeah, never looking back. With,
2: uh, with a startup like this, there's little wins. And was Saturday at Winton that little win qualifying the first of all the Triple Eight, you know, the Triple Eight cars?
1: Yeah, it was a huge win. You know, although we were only six on the grid, it was um, you know, for us that's great to qualify. Uh, the rest of the Triple Eight cars in the field um, is a big win for sure. You know, we, we did our job. Um, we did it well, uh, but, but still, you know, you can't be happy with six. So uh, I think there's more in it. Um, uh, so I'm looking forward to tomorrow. What pieces of the puzzle do you think you need between
2: now and we'll pick an arbitrary date, sand down, the start of the endurance season. What are the pieces in the puzzle that you think you just need to either find that piece and put it in mm. or cut the other pieces out to make them fit?
1: will look... Um it's the hardest thing for us is sharing a pit stop team, um, and that's been our big downfall um, so far this year. You know, it's cost us a lot of top 10 results. Um, you know, if we can address that and get on top of it, uh, th- then we'll see much better results. Again, today it happened, so it um, should have been a better result you know, than 10th. Than so um, that's, that's the primary focus at the moment obviously we're, we're focusing on car speed as well um but it's 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 more so about honing in on you know the fine tuning now that's what we're doing and it's great because we're at a stage where we're actually able to um you know, chip away at it uh, rather than take big swings with setup and um and that's you know when you start gaining consistency when you understand the car and when you you come with a base setup that you know is going to be in the window and you just have to um massage it and, um, and, and get it to, you know, uh, in, in that fine operating window. So, um, as as the year goes on, um, it, every round, every session, we get stronger and we, we build that um, that knowledge of the car and, and we hone in on our window. So, uh, I would say, you know, by the end of the year, I would have hoped to, that um, we'd be a really consistent top ten runner, um, and uh, and we will have seen you know a couple of podiums. I guess the the one thing you've indicated
2: there is something that isn't one hundred percent in your control. It's the marrying the Cool Drive pit crew and the uh, Preston Hire pit crew. Obviously, when you've seen three car teams before, you've been involved in them, and you know both teams are in Queensland. Both teams were you know at and in, in that close proximity. Here you've got your guys down in Melbourne. Mm. Uh, Brad's the guys are up in Albury. Is there going to be a way where your, you, you know, your over the wall guys, your lane guys, and Brad's lane guys can get together and and do more training together? Because it's just it's just integration of six blokes,
1: isn't it? Yeah, yeah. look, it's it's obviously very hard with um, with their team being up in Albury. It's very hard for um, for us to practice with them. So the only time, the only opportunity we get. To, to practice is at the race meeting so um, we do as much as we can here um, uh, you know our the crew on out uh, on our side are, um, are putting in a massive effort to make sure that they're no slower than anyone else down pit lane um, and uh, and they've done a fantastic job with that so um, yeah uh, hopefully we can we can sort out the the other side and and um, I mean, we've, we've made some changes over the last couple of rounds and, and we have seen some gains. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see where that leads, but um, that, that's something that we're doing a lot of work with at the moment.
2: In a single-car team like this, are you allowed to pit your own car and provide everyone yourself? Oh, it's a huge cost, but when we talk about the endurance races, mm. where they're won or lost by pit mm. lane... If it's not being fixed, is there a time where you and Charlie can say, mm. all right, first season we weren't going to win the championship. That's the reality, as cruel mm. as it may sound. Mm. But the Pertec Cup and those, particularly Sandown and Bathurst, are yeah. two that are definitely in our grasp. Can you make that decision or if the rules not allow that?
1: Unfortunately, uh, there's only so many people you can have in on one car. So, or, or in our case, um, in our team, we've got... You know, we don't have enough people for a maybe for the Saturday races. We could gather a crew that, um, when you don't have to do the fueling and everything, you have enough enough people to do the stop by yourselves. But um, when it comes to Sunday races or the enduros, when fuel is involved, um, you uh, that's when you need more people, and unfortunately we don't have enough. So that's when the sharing uh, becomes a factor. And um, but you know, you're trying to uh, create some. Continuity as well, so um, yeah, I'm sure there's some some pretty fresh guys in there uh, on, on Blanchard's car, working on his car. Um, so it, it's probably more a matter of um, you know getting them trained up to the level that they need to be. Mm.
2: Because in a in a race
1: series where there's a
2: a second between mm. the first and 26 in qualifying, mm. you, there's no mathematical equation that can get over. A second, two seconds, three seconds, sitting on pit lane.
1: No, nah, no. Nah. I mean, you, yeah, we're looking for hundreds of a second, thousands of a second, um, and when you lose three seconds, you know, to a pit stop or you know, five seconds, um, you're not going to get that back. So, uh, yeah, you fight as hard as you can on the track, but the the category too competitive to be able to make that back up so um, you know, I'd rather be gaining spots in pit stops than, than losing them so that's the level we need to get to
2: mm. Well Lee, it's always a pleasure to chat with you it's an interesting time ahead and I think I think, you are in that position where that realistic goal is win Sandown win Bathurst and this is all the prelude to that.
1: Absolutely Now, I think the steps we've made up to this point if we can make those steps again yeah we'll be in a position to uh to fight for race wins but um you know it's early days so um there's there's plenty that needs to to gel before um you know before fighting for race wins on a uh week in week out so um but but we've got all the ingredients so um it's very positive
2: thanks for your time Cheers, mate. After the break, we'll hear from another driver, David Reynolds, who finished the weekend at Winton on a high.
0: The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. (laughs)
1: Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth, and you're listening to Inside
2: Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. David Reynolds was on a high going into the first of the long breaks of 2016 after a solid performance at Winton. David Reynolds, the first third of the season now being completed. How do you find the new environment
4: and the new life? There's been a third already. Wow. It feels like we just started. Um, Yeah, Yeah, man, it's going good. Obviously... You know, we're still a very fresh team. We still like a, make a lot of mistakes, but and we're still trying a lot of different stuff with our, you know, car direction. But today it's sort of half paid off, and you know everyone deserves you know the kudos, and you know they've worked really hard behind the scenes, day and night. And yeah, it's, it's really really cool. It's a really good feeling actually. It's we've actually achieved something from from nothing.
2: With the
4: break now till you get to Darwin.
2: What more can the team do to, to get you ready for that one? And it's probably safe to say it'll be a high-grip, mm. smooth surface, so you'll be going almost back-to-back back on conditions, apart for the temperature.
4: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, that's well in our minds. Uh, we've got a test day in a few weeks to try and... Well, our second test day of the year to try and sort out some issues. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm really looking forward to Darwin. I love that place I love that track and you know we are gonna have a really good result there if we put our put our strengths together
2: I want to talk to you about another aspect of the racing because it's a, an aspect that you have suffered from and a lot of people don't I think acknowledge it and that is when you're racing in a multi-car team and you're on the boom which is shared by another team and you uh, I know that there's a lot of feeling in pit lane about cars being affected by the fact that they don't have a consistent crew servicing the car. And can you talk us through what that's like to be in that situation and to have it affect your race so many times?
4: Well, we're lucky we, we don't. We've got two car teams, so we, our, our boom's our own, our own guys. But like when I first joined FPR... We shared a boom with uh, the Lucky Seven team, so back then that was the SBR. It was a Tim Slade car. So when when I came in to get service and get my tires and fuel, half one side was our own crew FPR, and the other side was you know the Stone Brothers guys. So they would never practice together. They only practice together at the racetrack, which is and they only get a few changes in. So you know they are they are prone to make more mistakes and not understand. You know if you have to make a change in the pit stop generally we can't do it because the other guys don't know the car so but we're lucky we don't have that problem
2: but what did that mean to you about your racing results because it's someone always... can't make that move can't make that adjustment or yeah, your race is lot always
4: of... compromised big time you know there was many times where it happened but it's the same it's the same with the with the fact with the factory team you know was Will and Mark that year they they always had dramas in the pit stop as well. It can happen to anyone, but just our our strategy could be a bit limited.
2: And uh, would you think that if you had your own team on the, your car, those results over that period would have been a lot different, or do you think it would have made no difference?
4: Um, yeah, like you know, definitely because I would have had my. I reckon I would have won my first race at Phillip Island when I was leading, and I came in to get service, and the fuel hose split and I don't was it our fuel rig yeah it could have been our fuel rig but you know there's, there's things like that can go wrong all the time all the time I was throwing away podiums and stuff because you know the pit stops were shit and you were getting
2: David Reynolds hasn't won yet David Reynolds oh it took him so long yeah
4: you're sitting in the car waiting to go there's not much i can do. it's a team sport at the end of the day as we saw this weekend Slade wins two races in a row never won a race before you know it it shows that Every driver down pit lane, we're all very, very good drivers. We're all the top of our game. It just comes down to the guys and the teams who can engineer the car in a certain way and get the most out of it. That's all it is, and that's all I've been telling anyone it is, and I'll continue to believe that. Some days, you know, as a driver, you make more mistakes or, you know, but generally every time time you rock up, we always... Our job is to present the best driver possible at all times, you know, mentally, you know... Never get sick. Try and never get sick anyway, and always be the healthiest person you can give to the team, and that's that's our job. So every time we rock up, we're always, always 100% on, on task and that, and you know everyone's that good these days that just comes down to those, the adjustments you make on the car, which uh, you know, there's a gajillion of them you can make. You got, I reckon you have a better chance to win lotto than you do to find the absolute perfect setup.
2: Do you think your role this year now in this team? has changed significantly as the driver to what you've been in the past?
4: Yeah, definitely. Like, when I was at Pro drive or FPR, I was just a, uh, you know, it's just a driver. You know, I wanted to have some, a bit more input on the engineering side and, you know, try different uprights, you know, different whatever, whatever, whatever. But in this team here, you know, I get free range of everything. It's unreal. It's really cool. That's what I really love going racing for, like, um, just trying weird, fantastic stuff. And, you know, if it doesn't work, figure out why and fix it and you know we we could actually we we sat down at the start of the year and thought you know we could buy parts off all these other guys but we would only go as fast as them so we're going to make our own parts and do it our own way so far haven't had the best results but today's been exceptional
2: well it's always a pleasure to catch up with you dave and look forward to seeing how this middle part of the season shapes out thank you After the break on Inside Supercars, Charlie Swerkold talks more about Team 18 in 2016.
0: Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page... for Daniel Ricardo's old man to have found a few mates that tip some money in and send him overseas. If there actually needs to be Inside a structure... Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au Music Hi,
3: I'm James Moffat. Hi, I'm Michael Caruso. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to Inside
0: Supercars. Charlie's
2: Workhold has gone it alone in 2016. I caught up with him at Winton to talk about what it's like being in the business of V8 supercars. How similar is that to the business of, let's say, Waverley Forklifts? Yeah, look, it's an interesting question. Um,
5: it's actually really, really similar. To me, in my own business, I'm, I'm, I've got great suppliers such as Toyota and Manitou and Kenworth Trucks and they're my suppliers and in, in VH2 because I've got my suppliers these uh, KRE engines and Triple and, um, Eight of course so it's very similar you've got customers all the customers I have in my my forklift business um, are so important to me I you know, haven't got a business without customers and of course in car racing uh, my customers are my sponsors and I treat them like customers Preston Hire, Fuchs, Toyota and uh, some of the most amazing customers and uh, that's how we go racing. So the, the synergies are very, very similar indeed. And uh, it's staff as well. We've got some amazing staff in the forklift business and, and the same in the car racing. And they're both vital ingredients. And uh, so, yeah.
2: Revenue is a lot different, though. Your customer your customer is coming in. He's buying his, his forklift, his products from you. Yep. And then you've got after sales service. You've got all these other items. Which you supply at a cost. Yep. Normally, when the sponsorship customer comes in, he pays you that once for your sponsorship, but he's not necessarily got the after-sales opportunities for you throughout the uh, the life of that product, if you like.
5: No, I guess not. However, um, I I like to build these these customers up. We'll call them customers and build them up and give them value for money and make sure it works and it's return on investment. So it's actually a similar model. Um, it's paid differently. You know, and they pay it up front or whatever they do. And uh, I've still got to deliver. Like with the customers, they, they get their forklift and they pay after they get it and all that. This way, they're paying first and hopefully we deliver on-track performance, off-track. And uh, it, it's a great return on investment. So you look after them, you keep the customers. As I I think I've been fairly good at doing that. Um, up and down pit lane, I've got some envious you know people around me that they think you know wow Charlie's got all these sponsors and he's kept them all I keep them for years and and some you know I know where I'm going already next year with a lot of my partners because I look after them and and treat them as a customer and and it's part of my whole group
2: of course you've done it a few different ways in motorsport I don't know that you've done your forklift business much <laughs> differently over the years so how many things have been right and wrong with what you've had to adopt here from what you've had to your uh, previous with, experiences
5: <coughs> with v o 8 Supercars you're mm-hmm. talking um, I guess yeah obviously I started off owning half a team and and the best thing about that was I learned a lot. It was my apprenticeship into motorsport back in 2002 and onwards. and Picked and, up a championship uh, there picked too. Picked up a championship, <laughs> which is fantastic. And, and I learned so much about it and all that. And, and obviously the partnership, Dick was uh, in it for family reasons and, and that, and I was in it for commercial reasons and, and, and winning. So has
2: that been healed? No, is not really. Oh,
5: well, look, I say hello, he says hello, and that's it. But no, we're not really best Is that disappointing,
2: because there was a relationship before? Yeah, it right?
5: was. It is disappointing, for sure. It was It was a tough end to it all. It was disappoint- disappointing for both parties. immensely disappointing. But anyway, we've moved on. And, and it's a very
2: small people lane.
5: That's it. So, yeah, it's sad. But anyway... Can it be
2: fixed?
5: I guess so. I'm, you know, what's the point of holding a grudge? you just got to move on and, uh, look, anyway we'll see what happens sorry I digress no that's okay and then uh, obviously being a customer car with Pro Drive and then a customer car with uh, walk and Shore and now my own team and and this own team thing yeah whilst it's tougher it's harder to put it all together get the performance the whole thing it's all under my me now I'm the sole owner there's no one else and uh, getting it right it's hard but'm I've got a smile on my face because yeah I'm I know where I'm spending my money I know it's what I want to do and and I'm starting to get some results
2: for sure. Time-wise, how demanding is being a team owner in V8 Supercars compared to being a team uh, a business owner like Wavely Forklift? Because most people say a CEO role is a CEO role; it's a hundred percent of your time. And now you're wearing two hats. Yeah,
5: I'm two CEOs. Obviously, look, it's about the people you've got. My. You know, I'm running a couple of thousand forklifts around the country. Um, I'm the CEO of that group, and, and I've got an amazing leadership team and, and uh, been doing it many, many years now, and it's successful. It's going well, and um, it, it's good. This is a brand-new venture for me. Um, getting the people right, the culture it's so important and yeah it takes up an enormous amount of time you've got to get it right and uh, this is elite sport and uh, it demands so much of your time and fortunately again I've got some fantastic people Um, uh, I think I'm fairly good at getting good people around me, I need the best possible people I can in all sorts of areas of my life and I think I've, I've got some great people on board
2: So as we look at this now about a third of the way through the championship season you're first in this configuration how do you mark yourself i think um look it's tough
5: this there's no no question about this is one of the toughest motorsport categories in the world and competing in it um in my first year as a standalone team i think i'm going okay i i'm you know we all want to do better but um you know qualifying sixth today and fourth and fifth in Tasmania and all that sort of stuff um I think personally we're punching above our weight for a brand new team and um we're just chipping away at it and chipping away and we're learning every single race and we're getting it better and better all the time so I think we're going okay we we know the mistakes we know where the areas we need to perform better obviously pit stops is a massive problem for us and uh it's out of our control to a degree and uh, hopefully we're going to get that better as we go but um, um, you know we've got a good car great driver and and great partners on the car to to keep moving it forward. There's
2: been a uh, a lot of talk about you and and Lee's relationship would you have done what you've done now without Lee?
5: No Why? Oh he's he's a quality guy he's a He's he's a, he's an exceptional guy. He's a quality guy, and I believe that he can do the job. And um, I think he's he's now got an opportunity to really do this job. He's got to um, uh, what's the word? Maybe get his elbows out a little bit more. And I've noticed that already this year. He's he's got a car he can fight with, and and uh, and get back at a few people and all that sort of stuff. And and so. No, I wouldn't have done it with anyone because I've invested a lot of money, a serious amount of money. And would I do it in someone I didn't believe in that could win or or have a real crack at it? No, I wouldn't do it. So I might have been just another customer for a year. I might have done something. I don't know what I would have done, but, um, you know, I noticed Lee... You know, wrung that car to death at, at Walkinshaw last year. He really did, and got everything out of it. And you know, often beat the factory cars as well. And and so, I I believe he can do it. And and uh, so,
2: yeah. We have a franchise model here. I guess you are more than familiar with franchise models because when you're selling Toyotas, when you're selling all these other brands that you're involved in, they're franchises from one company or one parent or another. How different is that model in regards supercars compared to the other business models?
5: Um, yeah, it, it's there's a lot of risk with the license franchise system here. If you don't run, you know, you get a big fine and all that sort of stuff. They're, they're sometimes an asset because you get a return on it, but they are a, a dreadful liability um, if you get it wrong and the model wrong. So, yeah, no, totally different to what I've ever been or seen, and and uh, but. That's that's what we've got, and uh, and you work to those conditions. I've never faltered on anything, and, and it works okay, and and uh, it keeps it it keeps people honest and keeps cars on the grid for sure. Do you
2: that because that's an interesting point. Do you think this model is the model that's got more cars on the grid, particularly in this? You know, we've seen a late financial crisis in this country, and I think that's a not an over uh, overstatement it's come in a lot later than the rest of the world and consequently the numbers have ebbed and flowed because of it. Do you think the numbers now are as high because of the franchise model than if people could pick and choose and, and perhaps you'd have 28, 30 cars at one race and, and maybe 19, 20 other races?
5: Yeah, no, I think we've got the model right. I really do. And, yeah, there's some teams struggling financially and and... and yeah, that, that's the way it goes, but I think the model's right. We've got a consistent grid of 26 cars. Whether it continues at that, I think it will. I, I think there's enough interest out there for it to continue at 26. There's This there seems, you know, a fair bit of chat up and down pit lane that, you know, we're staying, we're doing this and all that, and other people may want to get in down the track, so
2: I think the model's right. I really do. And what about with the change? Supercars dropping the V8, where do you see yourself moving with that is there opportunities opening up with the 2017 car or the future 2 or a uh, gen 2 yeah look um, you
5: know I love the sound of the V8 and, and I think V8s are going to still be in our sport in 2017 on and all that sort of stuff the you know we've got to be careful that the category is so close and exciting and noise and everything and the parity's right and and we've just got to make sure we continue with all that i understand dropping the name because obviously local manufacturing's going to cease with the v8 etc and um we just got to be careful as a category to get it right and me personally look at uh, Honestly, I have no idea just yet. I really don't. I'm running a Holden at the moment. I hope I'm running a Holden in the future, And but who knows what opportunities are out there. I haven't really looked on... It's a brand-new team and concentrating hard on getting the culture and the people and, and the speed and results right for all our partners on the car,
2: so we'll see where it goes. The other change this year has been formatting, particularly the Saturday formats. Are you comfortable with what you've seen so far for the super sprints that now we're back onto the right formula to move forward?
5: Yeah I think it's great, not for me personally because I don't like it at all because my sharing my pit stop operation um, with another team um, but I think it makes better television, everyone's got a pit there's unknowns, there, I reckon we can do a couple of tweaks with it as well but I think it's a good formula and and, and it's good but yeah, as I said for me personally nah, I wish there was no pit stop so I'm excited about Pukekohe where I know there's four 100k races and there's no pit stop so so then we can't bugger, bugger up with a with uh, stuff that I'm out of control of.
2: Mm. And what sort of tweaks would you like?
5: Oh, no, I won't go into it, but I'll get a couple of little ideas and uh, maybe spice up the some opportunities um, um, that um, could use maybe two tyres or four tyres and just other little things that I think we might be able to change, but uh, we'll see.
2: The team has been on a, a huge growth phase and performance-wise... You're obviously seeing the results you want to see for the stage you are in. Realistically, I've spoken to Lee as well, realistically, this year wasn't about winning the championship. Oh, it God, was no. about setting yourself up. Mm. Are you in a position now where you go, Sandown, Bathurst, these two races are within our grasp. We're, we're far enough up the grid now that we've just got to tweak you know, obvious, the obvious things to be able to say, these two races, we are serious contenders.
5: Yeah, look... Towards the end of the year, I'd I'd like to think that. Um, um, We've still got a long way to go. Um, Those areas that do need to be fixed, um, we will fix. Pit stops is one that is difficult to to fix, but we're going to get it better. But you know how many winners have we had, you know I think it 's nine or ten now or whatever it is, nine and out of 10. nine out of ten, which is absolutely fantastic and You never know we, we might jag something towards the end of the year. there'll be some races that you know if we qualify well, and lee 's proved that he can now qualify better because he 's got the gear i wouldn 't surprise me if we jag one wow we're up there and we're right up there and and uh, so say yeah, it'd be so exciting obviously in the first year to do something like that but i think we'll knock on a surprise a few people and knock on a couple of doors towards the end of the year i hope so anyway
2: are you going to have a conversation with uh, what is now the white truck to talk about maybe having your own number of staff over the into the pit lane for those longer races if if you can't work out the other the other bugs
5: We've already spoken tonight. We've already spoken. Obviously, um, you know, I think we had the slowest pit stop in pit lane again, and uh, um, so we've already spoken, and uh, we're looking at changing a few things for sure. We we have to, you know, I've spent invested millions of dollars in this whole outfit to get to get it where I need to be, and, and if you're not in control of that final piece, and you know, you're up at the front and all that, and then bang, here's another pit stop. So so we've already, we've had some good meetings tonight.
2: Okay, so there could be some changes in the wind. Possibly, but, yeah. Because it's all about cost-cutting. These decisions were about cost-cutting, and this is sort of going against the grain of those ideas. Correct, yeah, it is. But we're, we've, you've got to be
5: competitive, and, and you know, it's no good. It's no good for anybody. It's no good for all my partners or anyone on the car to be let down this way. So we've got to fix this urgently, and, uh, and look... HR uh, know that as well so, yeah. it, it,
2: it's, it's a tightrope because like you said it's out of your control and you're not, you're not saying anything bad about the other team, you know, no not at all it's, a, you're not, you know, it's just a observation that teamwork comes from working together
5: as a team, that's right and uh, it's not quite as a team at the moment and uh, it's a difficult one. one, one team half a team's in Auburn and the other one's in Melbourne so it's difficult to get and practice and the whole thing and it's a hard one for sure. Mm.
2: Well, Charlie, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you. All the best for what is going to be a very interesting middle section to this year. Yeah,
5: thanks very much. Cheers.
2: That's all we have time for this week on Inside Supercars. hope you'll join us next week for another interview show. But as the checker flag waves, keep smiling and bye for now.
0: Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au